early in December, uh, Pastor Shane and I process a lot of ideas and forward plans together. And uh, so I said, what, what would you think if we did a series on communication, relationships? <laughs> thing I love about Pastor Shane is he's almost always going, great idea, Glenn. <laughs> All right, way, way to go. And he's like, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's the right thing at the right time. And I said, well, you know, I, th- I think it is too. I, I feel a leading about that because here's what I know. If, uh, if we communicated better, your marriage would be stronger. Your family would be healthier. Your friendships would be longer lasting and more healthy and helpful. Uh, if you work with other people, you know, in an office or uh, on a team, that team would be better. Your workplace would be more effective. Communication is basic to life. And when communication gets better, our relationships get better, life gets better, and God cares a lot about that. This isn't just kind of a family-friendly talk. This is the heart of God for us. And love talk is simply about getting out of our heart to another person what it is we need to say and how we can say it so that it can be heard. Healthy relationships are so vital, and we have a quote here. Healthy relationships require a commitment to selflessly serve, truthfully communicate, graciously forgive, and enduringly remain connected with and for the sake of another. In your outline today in the program, there's a series of points that are really significant, I think. And the first one is that we need to make a commitment to more and better communication. More and better communication. And Scripture speaks to this in the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to his friends at Ephesus, guiding the way we speak, right? And he says, do not use harmful words, but only, what's the next two words? Okay, let's do that again. Did I use harmful words, but only the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that what you say will, let's read the last line, do good to those who hear you. Do good to those who hear you. Good communication means I express honestly what's in my heart in such a way that the person I'm talking to can hear me, right? Are we done yet? No, we're not. I express it, they receive it, right? Are we done yet? No, we're not. I express it, they receive it. They're able to actually feed back to me what they heard that I said because they understood what I meant. It's a loop, right? Just humor me, just nod at me, just act like I'm saying something intelligent, all right? All right? So good communication means I said it, I said it in a way you heard, you received it, and then you can actually feed back to me the essence of what I said, because you've really understood what I meant. Not just what you heard, but what I meant. And when that happens, every relationship in life gets better. But guess what? That's hard. That's hard. Every element in that chain has a challenge. 
Do I say what I mean in, in a healthy way that honors God and is clear? Well, that's not as easy as it sounds. Did I say it so that the people around me could receive it? Um, was it clear? Was it helpful? Did it follow those scriptural guidelines of a moment ago? Do the people around me uh, have the, the ability to hear me, right? To receive the message I'm sending and, and having heard, can they reflect back to me? There's a whole lot that's a challenge and a whole lot that can go wrong. And did you know that in our culture these days, more marriages fail than succeed? A, a huge percentage of families break down. A huge uh, number of friendships are broken and never healed, right? The crazy thing I notice, everywhere I turn, I see broken relationships with, with very little ability to be, to be healed or reconciled, which is a huge part of our faith. The Christian faith is a faith that offers forgiveness to us and helps us to offer forgiveness to others, right? So we should be able to repair a broken marriage and repair a struggling, hurting family and repair a a, a friendship that's gone on the rocks and beginning to fall apart. That should be in our heart to do and we should know how to do it. We should have divine help to do it. So I need God's help. How about you? I need God's help. I need God's help to get this right. And with his help, there's some basic Christian guidelines on healthy communication. The first one listed, in addition to being committed to it, is to learn to really listen. Um, I think Pastor Shane and Mary are going to share out of their relationship uh, <laughs> how to help us learn to communicate. Would you welcome Shane and Mary Bengry? Well, thanks, thanks, Glenn, for inviting us up here. Um, this is a, an easy thing for me, but it's not very easy for Mary. Can you feel the tension? Uh, uh, so uh, I've kind of volunteered her, right? And. Yeah. And she accepted the volunteering. Yep. Happily. 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 Is that on? I have no idea. I don't know how these things work. Yep. We should be on. Try it again. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Now they can hear you. Now can can we effectively communicate. Um, So see how that works. So... We've been married for 14 years, and we knew each other uh, a lot. That we've had a lot of conversations, uh, as you can imagine, and just like you had in your relationship. Uh, when we first got uh, got married, um, really quick, you figured out that we have two different communication styles. Um, tell us a little bit about what you realized in that, in my communication style, and what you realized about you. Well, we dated five years before our 14 years of marriage, so you think I would have figured this out, but um, we were a long-distance relationship for most of the five years, and um, so it was probably day two, well, really our first full day in our honeymoon, that I realized there was a big difference in our communication really in the area of just the sheer volume of words that came out of this 
individual right here. I love him. <laughs> He's a talker. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I'm sure you picked up on it. Y'all are smart people. But um, yeah, he is definitely a verbal processor. He needs to, if there's like a, well, really anything, he needs to just talk it out. And he needs to hear himself talk it out. And he needs to see me hearing him talk it out. And, um, and so that's the way God wired him, to be a verbal vomiter. That's just, <laughs> just who he is. And I love him for it. But at first it was hard for me because I am very, in, I am more introverted and I am introspective and I need to retreat, you know, and process and think through it, wrap my brain around whatever it is we're talking about um, and get a plan of attack. That's just who I am. That's how I feel most comfortable in a, you know, scenario talking through an argument or anything really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting to use the word argument because uh, in any kind of communication, we'll, there's tension. And anytime there is tension or conflict, that's when you need to communicate the best, right? To work through that and come through some sort of resolution. But our, our style is kind of butted heads with it, especially in the area of conflict. Yeah, so, it was a bit of a mess. Yeah, yeah. at first it I was... I hate a, conflict. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that... Well, I guess some people like conflict, but most people don't. Yeah. And for me, I want to run from it and just process what's going on. Ah! You know? Yeah. And he wants to run to it and like hash it out, talk it through, come up with a solution right then and there. And I'm like overwhelmed. Yeah. And I have a tendency to clam up in that situation. Yeah, for sure. So, so what have you learned then in, in knowing that I'm the way that I am? I'm the verbal vomiter. Um, knowing that it's I'm that way. Yes. It really uh, it's so sweet, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> sarcasm is awesome as well, right? Um, uh, uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit about how you dealt with that, how you be able to work through that so that we could come to places of resolution, especially in the areas of conflict. Well, a lot of prayer, honestly. I mean, I've talked to God a lot about it, and he's helped to transform me um, to be the best wife I can be to you. Um, I've gotten a lot better at being able to, in the moment, in the heat of the moment, you know, hash it out with him. I do a better job of that you know, sticking around and, and talking it through and trying to find my voice, which Shane has really helped me with, to be able to talk <laughs> about things, talk about my feelings, and, and I'm very appreciative of him for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but early on, and even still, sometimes, I just can't, like, it's overwhelming, and so I need to retreat. So I ask him, honey, can... Can we just, can, can I just have a little bit of space, um, a little bit of time to think about this and to process this and, and to come to a resolution in my mind? Um, yeah. But the key is that, you know, at first I didn't want to come back to the stress of the pressure of the conflict, you know, because I knew he was going to want to talk about it again. Um, but I realized, you know, he is being honoring of me to give me that space. He's being respectful of me and the way God made me as an inward processor to give me that space. I want to honor God and honor my husband. Um, and I think this goes with any relationship or friendship. You know, I want to honor that person. And um, when I have that resolution in my mind, I need to go back and I need to 
do the hashing out part that they need, that he needs, good. Good. Um, to be able to process and get yeah. to a good point. Because good. you're going to want to make it your own. You're going to sure. want to, yeah. Sure. No, no, you're right on. You're right on. And I think there's a lot of people that can kind of resonate with this. What we learned uh, spending time with people in relationships and uh, getting to know other people is that my default style tends to be the stereotypical female style, right? Yep. The chick. Yeah, I'm the chick. Um, and, and you're the dude, right? Yeah. So um, uh, in that relationship, you, you probably can resonate a little bit with that. Um, what would you say if someone is an inward processor and they're in a relationship, um, whether it be marriage or friendship or parent, um, parent child or whatever it might be, what would, advice would you give to them as an inward processor dealing with someone who really likes words and verbally processes? <laughs> Make sure that you're honoring them and loving them by going back and doing the hard work in the relationship of listening to them and ha allowing them that space to be able to talk it out. Good, good, good. And I would say on the other side of it, someone who's dealing with someone who's an inward processor, to recognize that there's a timeline to it and to, to exist in that timeline. So if I jump the gun and want to talk it without giving Mary the process to it, I am actually exasperating the conflict. I'm making more conflict. I'm making a huge deal out of that without dealing with that. So I need to give her the time to process and I need to give her that time first, then come back and be able to process after that. That's what I've learned is to recognize that timeline and that process and that's allowed us to have some healthy um, growth. And it's helped to have the the shift, I just wanted to say this one more thing, the shift in my way of thinking about the tension and the stress of those conversations, to not see that as bad, but to really see the goodness in it. Because I always feel so much better afterwards, you know, and our relationship is always so much stronger when um, we are able to do that hard work in our marriage of having those kind of discussions, even though they're uncomfortable, and I hate them. Yeah, yeah, great. I love them and I hate them. Yeah. You did a great job. You did awesome. Thanks. You did awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Perfect. Perfect setup to this whole subject of listening to one another. It's a learned a skill, right? Um, some of us aren't as gifted naturally as listeners, but the Bible says in James chapter 1, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must, now you must, is that an option? No, that's a command. Now I've learned this, when the Bible gives us a command, the Bible assures us that God will help us to obey it. It's not self-help. Did you know that? The Christian life is not self-help. The Christian life is trusting Jesus more, relying on him more, giving, getting and receiving and sharing the power of the Holy Spirit within us. So he will help you, okay? You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to what? Read the last one. And slow to angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. You know what? If you do the first couple of things, you're not going to do the last. If you're quick to listen and slow to speak, you're not going to get as angry or make one another as angry as often. And so listening is such a key. Listening is, is much more than just waiting your turn to speak. 
right? Listening is caring deeply about what the other person has to say and share. Listening means you're open to one another and that you could repeat back to each other the, the meaning behind the words. You understand. You might even be expressing the fact that you just appreciate and enjoy who the other person is by listening to them. Listening means I can learn. Listening means I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. Listening means if you need and want my help, I'm willing to give it. Listening means I understand you. I enjoy you. I'm willing to learn from you and I will offer help and affirmation to you. It's interesting that I think the challenge of learning to listen well is so common. Um, Nancy and I are going to get to do the Shane and Mary thing here in a couple of weeks. And um, we've been thinking about the journey that our marriage has been on for 44 years. We were married when we were, you know, babies, right? Babies. And uh, soon after we were married, we read this book. Actually, we met the author of the book, Norman Wright. Uh, Norm Wright spoke at a Free Methodist a conference in Estes Park, Colorado. Anybody been to Estes Park? Up there in the Rocky Mountain National Park. And um, he was like four days. He, sp- he was brilliant, right? And we got to know him a little bit on a personal level. And he said, well, uh, you know, this is, this is what I know. Communication, key to your marriage. So not only did we read it, but we tried to actually live it. And um, for me, listening means looking at you. <laughs> for Nancy, listening means paying attention and affirming and acting like you care and, you know, uh, smiling and reacting and interacting. That's a lot of work. I mean, I'm like, I'm here. I'm in the room. I'm looking generally in your direction. What more do you need, right? <laughs> well, that, we'll save that for another time. Uh, but, but listening is actively participating in a conversation. It communicates so much, right? It communicates, I really do care about you. And then the, the other thing that, uh, that this reminded us of, this is all scripture, right? This is all based in God's word, is to watch your words. Watch what you say. There are some things, did you know that you cannot unsay the things you've said? Think about it. You can say you're sorry. You can ask forgiveness, but you cannot unsay it. You swear at somebody. You call somebody a name. You tell somebody they're worthless. You cannot unsay it. Which is why the Bible says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. No, well, it already said that. That was a very good verse. Didn't we like that verse? All right, let's try the next verse. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. Jesus, Matthew chapter 5. I didn't get a chance to get this one in the outline. Remember what Jesus said when in the Sermon on the Mount? He was talking about the ways we've been taught not to sin, He said, you know, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I say, if you look at somebody with lust, that's sexual sin. What did he say about murder? He said, you you have heard it said, don't 
kill one another. But I say to you, if you say to somebody, you fool, raka, you idiot, you are guilty of murder all the same. You can kill someone with your words. And parents do it to kids. And husbands do it to wives, and wives do it to husbands, and friends do it to each other. And the crazy thing is that when you really love somebody and sort of get inside them and know who they are, you know the thing that you could say that would just cut. And when you want to win, when you want to put an end to the argument and just be done with it, you know, the old drop the mic moment, bam, what do you do? You say that nasty, hurtful, cutting, that, that word, that phrase, those thoughts that no one should ever say. And so uh, one of the things Norm Wright challenged all of us to do was to have a commitment that there are just some things we won't say. There, there are just some things we will not say. We will not call each other stupid or idiot. We will not swear at one another. We will not use racial slurs against other people. We will not say those words that are murderous in Jesus' terms. And I meet people, and I get to know them, and, and, I, and they begin to drop their guard a little, and they begin to tell me the way they talk when they get mad. I'm like, well, I understand. I understand what's wrong here, right? It's a cloud. It's a cloud over your relationship, over your marriage, over your family, over your friendships. You have said things you should never have said and you cannot unsay them. So here's what you can do. I shouldn't have said that. And I get it. And I crossed the line. And I am so sorry. And if you will forgive me, by God's grace and with God's help, I'm going to change. And we're going to back up. We're going to take a step back. And we're just going to agree that we can really disagree. <laughs> and we can, you know, if, if we never disagree, then one of us doesn't matter. Right? We can have disagreement. We can have serious and, and strong discussions. But there's a line here we're not going to cross. We're not going to kill each other. And I find that when we, when we take God at his word when we live in, in the light of his teaching, healing happens. Grace is given. The cloud begins to dissipate. The sun of great love and joy and friendship returns as we walk into wholeness, walk into forgiveness, walk into freedom in Christ. And that's the last thing I want to say this morning is that uh, great relationships have a foundation of faith. There's an element in here where God is in the mix, right? In the Older Testament, we have the, the writings of Solomon, the wisest man, the scripture says, who ever lived. And in writing about relationships, he said this, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. He's, he's writing about marriage, but he says there needs to be a third strand. Who's the third strand? God. God's the third strand. You know, 
uh, every relationship in life with somebody you love is like a triangle. God is at the top, and we're at the, the corners. And as we move toward God, guess what? We move toward each other. So here's my challenge for you this week. Would you pray for the people that are a challenge for you to love these days, for you to get the right words out? Maybe you're in some conflict. Just pray for them. Pray for a blessing for them. Pray for you. Pray that you'll be able to communicate more effectively, more lovingly, more truthfully, more honestly, more graciously. So it starts there. Um, maybe you look for an opening to actually pray with one another. Now, I know a lot of Christian families, they, they don't really pray very often. Um, family Life Christian Organization, they surveyed thousands and thousands of Christians, and they said something like 8% of the married couples just pray with one another out loud. You know, that's kind of discouraging, but here's the interesting part. Of those who pray out loud with each other, 1% get divorced. So, you want to protect your marriage? Learn to pray. Learn to, you know, for me, I've been doing this now a long time, and one of my very favorite things is being in the room when someone who's a Christ follower, maybe young in their faith, maybe you've been a Christ follower a long time, says their first out loud prayer. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying, God. I don't know if I'm getting this right, God, but help. <laughs> Anybody ever pray that prayer? Help? Help me. Help me. Heal me. Use me. You know, pray, praying over a meal. Only make it more than just routine, right? <laughs> Good Lord, good meat, good God, let's eat. You know, let's make it a little more than that, right? Make it a little more than that. The worship team is coming up and we're going to close today. And, and here's my challenge to you. Pray for the people you love. If, if God will open the door, pray with the person you love. I've told you many times and we'll hear more about it in this series that one of the things that helps Nancy and I in our relationship is that on our Thursdays off, we do something fun, we get out of town, we go to a cool restaurant, and one of the things when our relationship is at its best is we take the time and make the time to pray together and, and take that to a, to, a, to a place that's more than just surface, right? Lord God, as we commit this truth before one another and in your presence today. We lean into this. We say yes to this. We need it. We need to learn to listen. We need to learn to guard our words. We need to learn to pray for each other and with each other. And we're here, surrendered, submitted, open to you. And we commit to walk in the light of your word. Lord, we know it won't be easy. If it was easy, we would have done it. But we also know that you can help us and that you are in us and for us. 
I pray for anyone here who isn't in a right relationship with you, or there's no way we can get this right if our heart is wrong. And so I pray that you would forgive us and live in us and change our hearts. And then, Lord, for moms and dads and kids and friends and husbands and wives, would you help the the right sense of caring and love that's in our heart? Would you help it come out through our words and our acts and our silence so that we communicate in ways that honor you and draw those around us even closer. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agreed and said, Amen, 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 Amen. One thing I didn't say that I did in first service is someone came up to me and said it was very helpful to them. And that was that when you communicate with another person, as much as the words you speak is the tone of your voice and the nonverbals of your posture, and some of you are in conflict with people because you're processing conflict by email or online and they cannot see your face and they cannot hear the tone of your voice and that is not the place, okay? Uh, online email is good for pure information. Once you start to disagree, talk. Can I get an amen? All right, let's do it. Let's stand. Let's sing. Let's lean in and say yes. Let's close our service with a song.